welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Molly Pompadith, and I'm delighted again to share another great guest. Uh, today, we have Dr. Martyr Wilson, who is an industrial organizational psychologist and the CEO of Transformation Systems Incorporated, or TSI. Uh, she is an internationally acclaimed speaker. She is an author and she is the board member of the Northern Virginia Technology Council, as well as the Easter Seals, which serves the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. Marta, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Molly. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so delighted. I've known you for many years, and uh, just kind of seen your transformation as well. Uh, Such a fitting name for your business um, and watching your growth, watching your successes and seeing you thrive. It's such an inspiration for me. So I would love to share all the great insights that you have and the journey that you've been on with our audience and listeners. So I'm honored to have you and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. What I would like to do is first and foremost start off by asking you um, just an interest of mine because I'm also um, an author, is what motivated you to go out there and write uh, multiple books and why these books? Um, Because this is something that to me it's it's a, a different level of expression when you have to sit down and take everything that you've ever done uh, lessons that you've learned um, and put it on, you know, put it on a computer in this case or a piece of paper and be willing to share all of that knowledge, all of the challenges uh, with the world. So can we, can we start with that? Oh, sure. And thank you for asking. You know, I was, as a young girl, fascinated by leaders. And so even as a child, Somehow I took it upon myself to to read every biographical book of, of leaders in our library at school. And I had a great librarian who helped with that. And then, you know, as I went on and became an industrial psychologist specializing in leadership effectiveness and leadership emergence, it as I started my practice after that, Many of my clients would ask if I could capture some of the teachings and some of the work that I and my team um, did with them. So in the late 1990s, I started writing and co-authored some books in those years. And one thing led to another. And then, you know, I started writing books on my own. And that's how these leadership books that, um, that I've published, that's how they came about. Well, you know, there are three um, specific books that I'm referencing here, Leaders in Motion, Everybody's Business, 
an energized enterprise. I yes. love all of those uh, titles, by the way, because they're very short, to the point, and easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the uh, similarities in each book and also the differences in, in each book and what might readers get out of each one? Sure thing. Well, the, those three books are, they're really a, a trilogy, if you will. And those books take a deep dive into different areas of mastery. And those different areas of mastery are types of agility or acumen, if you will, that research has shown people who become superstars have, and people who don't have those types of mastery or agility or acumen, they tend to derail. So the four types of mastery are personal mastery, interpersonal mastery, organizational mastery, and motivational mastery. The, the first book, Leaders in Motion, that you mentioned, it takes a deep dive into personal mastery and interpersonal mastery. And to, to, in a nutshell, to say what those two types of mastery are, people who are personally masterful work to expand the power of their minds, their bodies, and their spirits. And they take responsibility for the results that they achieve in life. They, hope, they hold an open attitude for learning new things. And moving from personal mastery into interpersonal mastery, people who exhibit interpersonal mastery connect, they communicate, they collaborate, and they project a positive attitude to other people. They listen well, they seize opportunities for interaction, and they do a couple of things at the same time, and that is they exhibit a capacity to get along with others while getting the job done at the same time. And that's really what Leaders in Motion tackles, those two types of mastery. The second book you mentioned, Everybody's Business, that book focuses on organizational mastery. It's so, so important. Individuals with organizational mastery exhibit an understanding of how their environment works and how different factors influence one another. They're always working to deepen their knowledge of systems and how all of the moving parts work together. They're considering the impact of inputs, throughputs, outputs, and stakeholders in their strategies for change and improvement. And they see the big picture. That's important for leaders at all levels. And then the fourth, and maybe my favorite book, it's my most recent, Energized Enterprise, it tackles that fourth type of mastery, motivational mastery. Molly, people with motivational mastery engage, elevate, and energize other people. They create an environment around them where people are motivated to, to be their best, do great things, 
and have meaningful success. They include and involve everybody. And they're driven to think, decide, and act in ways that lift and inspire people. So when you put it all together, those three books give a great grounding and bedrock of knowledge for how people can advance to the leading edge of performance. So in these four areas of mastery, I love them. They are so, and, and the way that you've explained and described them, it's again, very easy for the mind to process. Um, my question would be, can an individual be all of those things or have, have mastered all of those things? Um, and I'm hoping the answer is yes. And if the answer is in fact yes, is there a process, like is there, should, should one focus on the personal mastery first and then move into interpersonal? Um, you know, is there a, um, I guess a, a lineage in terms of where do we focus first as an individual and a leader if we want to become holistically all of these, um, have all of these, have mastered all of these, I should say. I tackle that question in, in a couple of ways. First, I do believe that it all starts with personal mastery because if we're not taking responsibility for the results of our own mind, our own body, and our own spirit, how can we really master those other areas? So through my training programs and our executive coaching programs, we recommend that clients start there or at least go through an assessment to see how, how masterful they and perhaps those around them doing a 360 feedback, how masterful they, they are, how much agility they have personally. The, the other way I tackle that is that it's really okay to jump in in all areas because you know what? Every one of us naturally has talent and agility in these four areas and to take a look at oneself through an assessment, I, I use an assessment called the LEAP Profile, and that stands for Leadership Effectiveness and Potential, and it, it measures those four areas. And to take a look in total, holistically, at how do I see myself in terms of my acumen in these four areas, and Maybe ask others around me, how do they perceive me? It gives us a good jumping off point. And um, there might be an area such as organizational mastery, I found with a lot of our clients, where people want to really go deeper and boost that organizational mastery right away. They want to jumpstart that. They want to have a better understanding of how to integrate the people, processes, and products within their work environments. So it really depends on the individual or on the client organization and how they want to use the model. Now that's an interesting question. How do you, 
work with larger organizations um, in terms of your programs when you have multiple leaders um, sometimes scattered all over the place not in one location uh, how do you uh, create buy-in that this is a, a, a need and, and necessary for leaders to master um, these skills and, and be able to be these types of leaders. I know with individuals, if they if they want to excel, they want to really become the kind of ideal leader that they have in their minds, it's easy for them to say, okay, I need that development. Um, but when you're working with large organizations, uh, how do you find that um, to be either challenging or refreshing for you? And how do you find organizations that care um, about bringing you on board, for instance, to develop their teams and their leaders? I'll give you an example. Currently, my team and I, um, about 15 of us, I think, are working with a large organization. And we developed a relationship over a period of years with senior leadership and through our work, doing a lot of different types of consulting, we helped the leaders see that there was an opportunity, and to use your word, a refreshing opportunity to create visibility and education and training and development across the organization around these four types of mastery. So what this particular client organization decided to do as they, after they read my books and, and really got to understand why these types of mastery are important for individual and organizational performance, they decided to take programs and coaching, assessment, uh, books, all of those things out to 60,000 people. Now, 60,000 people, that's a lot of people. So in order to move into implementation of those programs and coaching and a new app that we've developed and other things, the top leadership had to be involved. So a communication plan was created, co-created with my team and the client leadership to go out to all of the different divisions within that organization and start communicating to those top leaders the importance of these four types of mastery, help them get their heads and hearts wrapped around it, the model, and then to start um, replicating those sessions some in person and some virtually, because as you can imagine with a 60,000 person organization, the people are scattered out all over. So it involves leadership, um, communication planning, technology, and, um, and excitement. You know, cre actually I'll use the word marketing, creating visibility and marketing for what's in it for people to become more masterful in these four areas. That's great. 
That's a great example. Uh, that's I was very curious because again, when you work with small businesses or solopreneurs, um, there's a, a sense of ownership that that particular leader or small group of leaders would have to approach an organization like yours for this type of um, training and development. And when you're working with large, large corporations, I was just curious as to how do you do that? How do you take on um, such a big initiative? And uh, that was a beautiful example of that. Well, I also want to share with our audience, you know, that you really love to speak on the idea and the concept of intention. And I would mm-hmm. love to have you share more about that. You know, what does um, the role of intention or being intentional have? I often ask myself, how do I maintain clear intention? It's important. All of the roles I play require clear intention. So if I want clear intention, where do I start? I get focused with such unbending purpose that I refuse to fail no matter what. So how do we clarify intention? I found that most people are conscious about what they do not want. I don't want to do performance reviews. I don't want to make difficult business decisions. I don't want to be bored at work. I don't want to go to networking events. I hear those things all the time. The challenge that I give to myself and to others is get conscious and clear about what we do want. What do we want to be? What do we want to have? What do we want to give? Effective people have clear intention. They create superb results as a catalyst for making a difference. They demonstrate an unwavering resolve to produce the best long-term outcomes, no matter how difficult. And I think most importantly, they look at their reflections not out the window to take responsibility for poor outcomes, if poor outcomes occur, never blaming other people, external forces, or bad luck. So, you know, for me, one of the cornerstones of effective leadership is having clear intention constantly comparing our stated intention to our actual results. How does one get clear? What are some of the tools that you use uh, or methodologies that you use to get clear, you know, give you more um, time to even have that clarity to process what your intentions really are, what you would like to manifest in your own lives. What are some of the ways in which you can, you know, use to get more clear, especially when life, because life happens and there's a lot going on and you have so many different roles that, that you play in life. How do you do it? I'll give you an easy example. I use this all of the time in keynote addresses, in workshops, in multi-day seminars, and it works every time. 
I ask people, now, what is it? What is it that you want for yourself in three areas? What do you want for yourself as a person, as an individual? What do you want for your relationships? And what do you want for your endeavors? And I say endeavors, I don't say company or organization because everyone has different endeavors. I'm not making any assumptions. So self, relationships, and endeavors. And when it comes to getting clear intention, that those three things, those really are three legs of a stool. And that stool will fall if any one of those legs is weak when it comes to clear intention. So I ask people to think and to write and to talk to their friends and their families and their colleagues about what it is that they really, really want for themselves. And I encourage them to be selfish. You know, most people aren't really that selfish when it comes to getting clear on what they want for themselves, what they want for their relationships, and what they want for their endeavors. To not only get clear on that in an exercise, a writing exercise, a conversation exercise, a meditation exercise, that's great. But it's an ongoing process. I use it on a regular basis for myself because you know what? Intention is a living thing. It changes over time and we have full control to change our intention in any one of those areas as often as we choose and as often as it makes sense for us making the difference that we want to make on the planet. Mm. Marta, what are the three C's to develop bright stars in our world? <laughs> well, I, I, I say the three C's for developing bright stars and helping people shine their brightest are culture, communication, and commitment. And I say that because my experience has shown me that effective leaders work daily to improve and perfect these three things within their enterprises. Culture, you know, the culture within an enterprise sets the tone. It provides psychological conditions of meaningfulness, safety, respect, and integrity. And all of those things, Molly, influence, influence engagement. And the, the second C is communication. Great leaders communicate to build employee confidence and buy-in, and they involve people whenever possible. And involving people requires communicating with them. Great leaders explain all aspects of change, both negative and positive, and they help people see what's in it for them. People want to know that. And then the third C is commitment. Effective leaders show strong commitment to things like diversity, diversity of, of thought, of background, of um, 
different ways of engaging. They demonstrate a commitment to honesty and integrity and to helping find solutions. They show a commitment to setting realistic performance expectations. They show a commitment to success and they demonstrate a passion for it. You know, when I go into an organization, I look for those three things in leaders. And when I see a strong culture, strong communication, and strong commitment on the part of leadership and change agents, or even the, the interest in making those three, those three things strong, I know that that's an organization that I can do something with, that I can help, that I can um, wrap my arms around and help take them to the next level. Mm, that's really wonderful. Well, I also am curious to know, um, you're an internationally acclaimed speaker, so you travel all over the world. When you're on stage or even after you get off stage and you connect with people of different walks of life, different cultures, different types of organizations, what have you found in terms of similarities and differences of organizations and leaders that are inside the United States and uh, those that are outside of the United States? Can you share just some examples or ideas of some similarities um, and differences that you find in terms of what they're seeking, in terms of the types of questions you get asked um, as you're on the stage sharing all about um, culture and commitment and all the things that we talked about, communication. Over the years since, my goodness, since the early 1990s, I have traveled all over and worked with organizations around the world and all over the United States. And when I look back over those almost 25 years now, I found I have found more similarities than differences. Now, cultural differences, sure, those are there. And that's something that as a consultant or even as a speaker, we have to um, be committed to understanding cultural differences that we're walking into so that we can communicate most effectively and be the best helpers that we can be. But the commonalities and the common themes that I have seen when it comes to organizational change and transformation efforts, it really comes down to leaders want to be their best. They want to do great things. They want to have meaningful success. And they want to achieve their transformation goals, whatever those may be. And the leaders that I have worked with, not only do they have those types of aspirations about being, doing, having, and achieving, there's a giving component. And I've seen that all over the place. But leaders want to give that, that understanding of the bigger picture to all of their stakeholders, all of their employees, to all of their service providers, to all of their, their customers and clients. And when 
when I have the privilege to work with leaders who have that, that grounding in being, doing, having, and giving, it makes my work so easy because the themes that are woven through my whole body of work and my team's whole body of work go back to those basic principles of leadership. Well, thank you very much for that explanation. I also want to acknowledge you for what an amazing leader you have been. Um, You have definitely uh, given a lot of your time and your energy to different causes. So I'm going to switch a little bit and, and focus a little bit more on the community work that you've done. You've sat on multiple boards throughout the years, of course, and um, currently with the Northern Virginia um, Technology Council, as well as with Easter Seals. Why do you, as busy as you are, world traveler, writing books, um, having a family you want to commit to, um, why do you make the extra effort to be so active in the community? Uh, where does that come from for you? For me, Molly, giving back to the community and especially serving on the boards of different charitable organizations, I'll focus on that, such as the March of Dimes and the Red Cross and especially Easter Seals. It goes back to my belief and the belief that my company has put a stake in the ground about that is we believe in lending a helping hand to those people, which to me is everybody, to take their leadership potential to the next level. And, you know, if you think about the leadership potential in every single person that charitable organizations serve, pick any person who's served by charity, every one of those individuals has potential to be a stronger leader in their own lives, in the lives of their relation, and within their relationships, within their endeavors, than they currently are. And sometimes those are very basic things, and sometimes they're, they're much bigger and broader things. But it really goes back to that focus on lending a helping hand to make the leadership potential in our world brighter. And, you know, my, my commitment, my strong, strong commitment currently is to Easter Seals. I recently became the chairman of the board of Easter Seals serving D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And, oh my goodness, the mission of Easter Seals is to provide exceptional services and education and outreach and advocacy so that people living with autism and other disabilities, as well as military veterans and their families, can live, learn, work, and play in our communities. There's so many special programs that we have launched in the past few years since I've served on that board to help children with autism in integrated environments, not at home by themselves, but in inclusive classrooms with typically developing children, a veteran staffing network that we've developed to 
place over 800 veterans in over 14 states at this point, and the list goes on and on. Um, I get excited when I start talking about this, but those are just some examples, and it all goes back to helping leadership potential flourish in our communities. Well, congratulations, Marta. Now, as the chairperson for um, this coming year, what are your personal intentions and goals for your role and for the mission of Easter Seals? Well, we, we have several initiatives that, um, that we're working on at Easter Seals, and it really centers around expanding our reach, serving more people, uh, creating more visibility and awareness, um, attracting more sponsors, and really taking these programs that serve children, veterans and their families, and seniors to the next level in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. And we have a lot of work to do. Um, in fact, I'll be hosting our annual retreat. We call it an advance because we're advancing when we get together. Our annual retreat uh, is coming up in January, and as the board comes together, a group of very, very amazing leaders, CEOs from around the area, will be putting deeper stakes in the ground about taking the the work that Easter Seals is doing to um, to a more meaningful uh, level that's that's even more measurable in the in the next couple of years. So stay tuned. Right. Well, where could um, my audience and listeners find out more information about activities and uh, possibly volunteer opportunities with the Easter Seals? Um, Easter Seals serving D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So you can do a search on that, Easter Seals, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And there are activities such as volunteering for respite. Um, my, my team does that every few months. We go and spend Saturdays and give military families and parents um, whose children um, are served by Easter Seals a chance to just take a break for the day. And we go in as a team, and hey, everyone is um, paired up for the day with one child, and it's so amazing. We have entertainment and toys and fun and refreshments, and the children love it, and the volunteers love it. That's one example of um, a way that people can easily get involved. Right. Well, I also have one more question. Um, a lot of uh, our listeners really are um, entrepreneurs or leaders inside organizations that are very um, entrepreneurial in terms of uh, big dreams, big hopes. And I'd love for you to share any words of wisdom on how you've been able to keep going even when things get tough, keep believing in your dreams. And you've won so many awards uh, for your company as well as personal awards like the Heroines of D.C., Washington, D.C. for all of the community work you do and, and being a corporate leader yourself as well. Um, I'd love for you to share just some of your secrets or advice on how do you keep going after your dreams even if at certain times in your life you don't even believe you can achieve some 
some of the things that you've, you know, started to map out in your mind of possibilities and goals. Uh, could you share some final words of wisdom? For me, it goes back to checking in with myself on a regular basis about my personal mission. And I got clear about my mission many, many years ago. And my personal mission is to seek and share insight, joy, and beauty in and with all I encounter. So as I check in with myself on a daily basis, I have to say yes, what I'm getting up and committing to do today, where I'm spending my life's energy today, matches up with seeking and sharing insight, joy, and beauty. And when it when it comes to that, I I'm pretty careful and clear. I get back to clear intention on saying yes to the things that are aligned with my personal mission. And if there's one thing that anybody can do, it's that. Get clear on your mission and say yes to the things that are aligned with it. And in my book, it's all easy after that. Even the things that are challenging become easier. Thank you so much, Marta, for your time today. Um, can you please share with us how our listeners can find you, learn more about you, your programs, all the different models that you have? Uh, please, please let us know how we can reach you. Oh, the easiest way is to visit martawilson.com. And uh, there are links to books and programs and uh, many other exciting things at that site. Well, again, thank you so much. It was very, very insightful for me. I took down some notes. I don't know if you heard that um, with my pen and paper over here, but <laughs> I have some great tips as well on becoming a masterful leader. And I really appreciate you. And I appreciate, again, your inspiration for me. Um, and I've never officially thanked you for being um, a mentor of mine, but I I watch you, I love what you stand for, and um, I aspire to be all of those things that you are, inspirational, motivational, um, really have the strong interpersonal and personal development uh, skills there. So thank you again for all the work that you do to help us reach our full potential. Thank you so much, Molly. I'm one of your biggest fans, and it's truly a pleasure knowing you and calling you a friend, and thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. If I haven't said it enough, I truly value and appreciate you and all that you stand for in the world. And I look forward to sharing more wonderful, wonderful guests and content as we move along. So we will speak to you again very, very soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.